Amen. How about another hand for those guys? Isn't that wonderful? We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Well, my name is Mike Conaway, and I'm the pastor here at City on a Hill Church. We're so glad to have you with us uh, today. And uh, this is our second week of going live on Facebook, so we want to say welcome to all of our folks. Uh, I saw folks watching from Washington. Uh, I saw folks watching from Texas, from North Carolina. Uh, one of our members is in Hawaii, and so uh, they are all saying hello to us. We're saying hello to them, and so we're just excited to see uh, the good news of Jesus Christ getting out. We also have some folks who were sick and not able to get out today, but they're able to join us. Uh, so we're very excited about that opportunity uh, to be able to be a blessing to them. Well, today we continue in our series, which seems to be going so fast. Everybody always. We started with the question, what would happen if we just stopped worrying about difficult people and just started simply loving them? What would happen if we just started loving people where we are? What would happen, not just where they are, but where we are? And we determined it would be a revolution. It would be a revolution of love that would spread throughout our homes, neighborhoods, schools, cities. And so we started by talking about loving people where you are. Then we talked about catching people on the bounce. I don't know if you guys have been enjoying the videos in your small groups and the teaching, but our small group has just been wonderful uh, we even did some role play in our small group on how to love people and how to catch them on the bounce, and it was phenomenal. We really enjoyed that. Uh, not playing it safe is another, uh, and today we come to this question of what's in your bucket? This is the question that we're looking at today, and so the idea is what do you fill your bucket with, and really it's your heart, your life. So what are you filling your heart with? What are you filling your life with? Because that's what you're going to become. And, uh, and, and so if you fill your, your, your bucket with great business deals, then you're going to be a great business person. If you fill your bucket with fear, then you're going to be a fearful person. If you fill your bucket with anxiety, you're going to be an anxious person. If you fill your bucket with anger, you're going to be an angry person. If you fill your bucket with hate, you're going to be a hateful person. If you fill your bucket with love... You're going to be a loving person. So you got to decide what you're going to put in your bucket, and you get to decide what stays in there. Not, no one else can put it in your... Only you decide what goes in your bucket. You can decide to let them hand it to you and put it in your bucket, or you can decide, no, this, there's no room in my bucket for this. I'm only filling my bucket with what I want to fill it with. And, uh, and by the grace of God, we can all do that. And so ultimately, the lesson that we're learning is that what goes in your bucket takes up space. It takes up space in your life. And this is what Bob Goff says. He says, I want to have that new car smell, that new creation smell, and I think you do too. You know, we want to have that, that newness of our relationship, a renewed love on a regular basis. You know, we have to renew love. Love is an action. It's, it's not just something that, 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 that is, is not touchable. Love is actually action-based. It's a verb. And it requires us to consistently strive to be in love. You don't fall out of love overnight. Amen. You don't. And so it's important for us to understand. And so, so as we look at this story today, 
I think we're going to find something very unique and very, something very powerful. We're going to find that when, whatever's in your bucket comes out, and sometimes you don't even know it's coming out. And you're not even aware until later on when someone else points out what's coming out. And, and, and this is the story that Jesus shared. Jesus shared from Matthew chapter 25 and uh, in verses 31 through 30. Uh, uh, through 46 and it's in your program it'll come up on the screen and I'm going to read it as well it says when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him he'll sit on his glorious throne now remember this world is not our home Jesus is coming he's going to set all things right so that determines already what you're going to put in your bucket knowing that God is the God who deals with everyone in every circumstance so we should already have our trust in him and that helps me decide what I put in my bucket and so 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 here it is it says before him uh, uh, will be gathered all the nations everybody say all and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he'll place the sheep on his right but the goats on his left then will the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world now why can God say that you know why God can say from the foundation of the world because even atheists will agree with you that time and space and matter have a beginning before there was nothing it was timeless spaceless and matterless or immaterial and even they'll argue and the universe itself proves that and so here's Jesus just confirming that thousands of years before anybody could ever prove it it's already been proven by science itself as a matter of fact there's more evidence for the Big Bang Theory in our lives and, and it's because you can see those reverberations throughout creation out of nothing came something and guess who, guess who creates out of nothing? God, ex nihilo, out of nothing. He created something. Aren't you glad? Amen. And so, so before the foundations of the world, and then he says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. That just seems normal, doesn't it? I was, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. And I say amen to that. <laughs> The only thing you require in church is to say, I ain't got no church clothes. Well, you just got to have clothes, okay? That is a rule, all right? <laughs> I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, now listen to these words, listen to these words, because this is when we're talking about what goes in your bucket and we're talking about someone else pointing out because what naturally comes out of you is what's in your bucket, right? So look at what they say. They said, that then the righteous are going to say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? You know why? It was a natural outburst of love. You know why we want to see hungry kids eat? You know why we want to see other people's lives change? You want to know why we want to do what we do? Because it's a natural outgrowth. When God changes you, you can't help but seek to be a world changer and a life changer. And he says, or thirsty and give you something to drink. When, did, when uh, did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did, when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? 
And the king will answer, I tell you, I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. They were not even aware that they were being loved. You know why? Because they had become love because they had had an interaction with God that wasn't just an outside interaction, but an inside interaction. See, you can know about God or you can know God. You can know what the Bible says or you can do what the Bible says. And then he'll say to those on the left, depart from me. Everybody say, depart. You cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now, anybody who doesn't believe in hell, you should stop believing in Jesus. You should. Because Jesus just said there's a hell. He just said it. So either he's a liar or not. That's for you to decide. But Jesus just told me there's a hell. He just told me there's a place that's, that's real, the same way there's a place called heaven. So, there's a lot in the text if we just read it, right? For I was hungry and you gave me no food. Why? Because you didn't care. You weren't love. You didn't, it, it wasn't your natural reaction to see and care because you were too busy with your bucket full of you. Your bucket full of religion. Right? Your bucket full of whatever. And he says, they said, but, but when? When? I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You didn't welcome me. I was naked. You didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't visit me. Then the, then he, they will, uh, and they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and didn't minister to you? When did that happen? It happened when you walked by because you were so busy filling your bucket with other things that you forgot to fill your bucket with the thing that matters most, which is love. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in this book is fulfilled in that truth. And so we start to understand this whole bucket idea. We start to understand and say, truly I say to you, and then he'll answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it for the least of these, you didn't do it for me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Now, I don't know if you don't believe in an afterlife, but if you, do, you should stop believing in Jesus now. That's right, a pastor told you that. Because Jesus, the Word of God, Jesus Christ Himself just told you there's two destinations. And you get to choose them. You get to choose them. So when you think at this, uh, of this, we start to think about what's important in this life. What matters in this life. You see, we live in this city. It's called St. Petersburg. And today in this city, people will die who never heard the name of Jesus. In the U.S., in America. You don't have to believe me, but one of the guys in our men's group, he was out in a park just after church and he saw two little boys running around. And he asked them, hey, do you guys know Jesus? Do you guys believe in Jesus? They were like, who's Jesus? Two little kids, never heard of Jesus in our own city. And today there's going to be people in the morgue who died and didn't know Christ. 
but it doesn't set well with me. You see, when you got a bucket of love, you got to go. So what are we doing? We're saddling up. They won't come to church. The church will go to them. So six nights in September, we'll be out there preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. Not just in our location, but seven other locations. The gospel will be preached 49 times in open air in our city because we have buckets full of love. And we're going to feed them. We're going to give them some free food. Yep. We're going to let them have a chance to win a visa card. We're going to do all those things to bring people in so that they can hear the good news about Jesus and decide for themselves because we truly do believe there is a heaven and there is a hell. And we truly do believe in the power of God and the love of God. And so 165 of us are going to saddle up over six nights. And as many of us that can pile into that place every night, into that hot tent every night, we will have fans. But it's going to require hard work. You're going to sweat. But it's you and I who have a chance to decide. That's why we spend all of our time putting love in our bucket. And we're going to go to CareFest. 240 of us are going to go out into the streets at CareFest. And we're going to do all these different projects to the glory of Jesus. And when people ask us, why are you cleaning this lawn? Why are you doing this? Why are you sorting these diapers? Why are you preparing this food for kids who don't have food? Why are you doing this? All because of Jesus. That's the goal. And so, so what I want us to understand is when you have a, a bucket full of love, we need to understand a few things. And the first thing I want you to see today is Jesus does not need our help. He wants our hearts. See, I'm not calling on you to go to this revival because Jesus needs your help. I'm calling on you because Jesus wants our hearts. It should just be normal that we go out into our community and reach people for Jesus. We gave you 25, the, the packs of 25. We had 100 of those last week. 100 packs of 25. There's only 10 left in the back for you to be evangelists in your community, for you to have a chance to be rejected for the name of Jesus. And we said thank you. You get a chance to go out and be named with Jesus. You know what the disciples did the first time they got beat? Because they said these men were with Jesus, they said they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to be called a Christ follower. So Jesus doesn't need our help, but he wants our help. This is interestingly enough, both those groups didn't really recognize what they were doing. They were just doing what was in their bucket. They were doing what was in their hearts. The others, you can look, you can look great. You can come to church and still not be moved by anyone or anything. You can talk a good game and you can quote all the scripture that you want. But until you're living it, <coughs> it's just empty words. When you walk by, you see people. Do you feel the love and compassion of Jesus? You see, these are the things that, that happen when you fill your life with love. But some of us are so far removed from when Jesus saved us, we forget that we were those people. We were hungry, poor, sick, in prison. We forget that was us. And now that Jesus has cleaned us up a little bit, all of a sudden we're too good. I'm just trying to tell the truth. I don't want to go down there with those people. You used to be those people. And some still are. Come on. 
And who says they want to be around you? That's why people don't come to church. They don't want to be around church people. I don't want to be a church person. I want to be a Jesus person. You know? I don't want to be known for my religion. I want to be known for my relationship with God. That's why we say it's all about Jesus, always been about Jesus, always going to be about Jesus. But I recognize Jesus doesn't need my help. He wants my heart because when he has my heart, he has everything. He seeks our hearts. He seeks love. And and here's the deal for you and I. We can do a ton of good works out of duty or out of love. We want to do this out of love for Jesus. Do you know what your life is? Your life is a thank you note to God for saving you, for changing you, for seeing something in you when no one else saw anything but he saw something. He made something out of nothing, didn't he? Amen. Yes, he did. And so we start to learn that. We start to understand that. We start to, to, to seek a, a growing relationship. The first thing in our bucket needs to be love, and it needs to be a growing, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. And then what happens out of that infilling, we begin to do what Jesus did out of an expression of love. All of a sudden, you find yourself concerned about the poor. Maybe you weren't before, but now you are. All of a sudden, you find yourself concerned enough to do something. We can all talk about how concerned we are and be clicktivists and activists and slacktivists on Facebook. Can't believe these kids are hungry. I'm like, buy them lunch. Oh, wait, hold on. I don't want to get involved. Right? You know how that works on Facebook and, and Twitter and all those other Instagram. Right? We put out all this stuff that shouldn't be, and then I say, well, what are you doing about it? Well, I tweeted it. Better put some feet to it. You know what I'm saying? Drink some Red Bull to give you wings. Do something. Just drives me crazy, you know? All these people dying, ain't nobody doing nothing about it, right? And I'm like, well, what are you doing about it? Well, nothing. Jesus wants your heart. It won't set well with you. It won't go well. You'll be willing to be rejected or shamed for the name of Jesus. You're willing to ask that person who's dying, do you know Jesus? You'll have the courage to ask them while they're on their deathbed, do they know Jesus? Because heaven and hell, life and death hang in the balance. You'll have the courage to ask your coworkers, your friends, your schoolmates. The second group, they had a bucket full of nothing. They had filled it with a bucket full of stuff that doesn't lead to anything. A bucket full of self-righteousness, right, that led to religion that left them without a savior. That's what happens to a lot of people, a lot of Christians. What happens is after a while we get a bucket full of religion, of self-righteousness. And then, then God doesn't have our heart anymore. Religion now has our heart. And we're not willing to, to go because somebody might see us there. And Jesus basically tells a man, you filled your buckets with everything but me, and I don't even know you. I don't even know you. We're not going to seven by seven because God needs our help. We're going because God has our hearts. And his heart is for us to be one church. So we got 42 or 49 different churches from different communities coming together to be one church. 
And we're going to minister. We got Gethsemane Baptist working with us. We got Mount Zion. We've got we've got uh, we've got a New Philadelphia Christian Center. We got New Philadelphia Worship Center. We've got Life Church. We got all these different church coming together to work as one. And then we got churches all over that are doing this together. We're not going to CareFest because God needs our help. No, we're going because He has our heart. You know people think we're a church of thousands when we show up. They really do. And you know our average attendance is about 350 on a good Sunday. But if we all show up on the same Sunday, which we don't, but anyway, I'm just, you know. A little sad about that, but I'm going to work on it. But the truth of the matter is this, is that we show up by the hundreds and people think we are a church of thousands, and it's like, no, we got a couple hundred folks. We just believe that Jesus loves us, and we're supposed to be Jesus with skin on in our city. So we show up. We show up. They say, they say Pastor Mike, how do you get all those people? And I said, that's, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. I just preach the good news. But I'm also the guy leading the charge. I don't tell them to go, and then I sit in my office. I go with you. I lead the charge. It's easy to sit around and just do everything here on this campus. My life would be way cake. Some people say I only work on Sunday anyway, so, you know, then I really would only have to work on Sunday. What do you do during the week? What's your real job? <laughs> I ain't mad. <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, you see, you got to be full love right there, love, you know? But the truth of the matter is, is that we go because God calls us. He doesn't need our help. He needs our hearts, guys. And that's why I always t I told you I would disappoint you. I told you the church would disappoint you, but Jesus would never disappoint you. And the only way you're ever going to stay in a long-lasting, vibrant relationship with Jesus is if it's all about Jesus, it's always been about Jesus, it's always going to be about Jesus. The second thing I want you to see is we pour out love not to earn heaven, but to show our love for God. We pour out our love. Not to earn heaven, but to show our love for God. We pour out love. Not to earn heaven. Not so that we got a better spot in heaven. No, 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 no. We do it to show our love for God. We put ourselves in harm's way. They said, when did we, but when did we see you? He said, what you did to the least of, to both groups, he said, what you did to the least of these. But God saw, and he knew that they had a, he had a real relationship with some people. If we fill our buckets with deeds, we become a great deed doer. If we fill our bucket with love, we become a great lover of God and people. You see, our natural inclination is to earn. I've earned this. I deserve this. It's a sense of entitlement that so many of us are born with. I, I, I deserve. I earn. I'm entitled. Right? I deserve heaven. I went to church every Sunday. Well, if you go to McDonald's every Sunday, you're not going to become a hamburger. You know? You might. I mean, you might look like the Hamburglar.
But the truth of the matter is, man, if you fill your buckets with religion, you know what you get? Religious. And then I got to deal with you. And that's an irritant. I'll just be honest. I got too many other things to do than deal with religious people. I usually just invite them to find another place to be religious. Really. I'm like, my vision isn't for sale, rent, lease, or loan. Take your religious self somewhere else. Because we ain't about religion. We're about relationships here. I don't want to hear, if you don't trust that I know what God's saying to our church and our fellowship, and if you don't trust that I love Jesus more than my next breath, then you shouldn't be here anyway. And your religious spirit ain't going to find no place in me. You, if you want to know how Jesus dealt with the harshest group of people, who did he deal with? They were religious. Amen. They were religious people. If we begin trusting in ourselves, we won't see heaven. We trust in Jesus. The truth is we cannot earn heaven no matter, what, how mu- no matter how much you fill your buckets with good deeds and religion and all the other stuff, you can't earn heaven. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When we fill our buckets with love for Jesus, we become lovers of Jesus, and the direct result is we look like Christians, which the real term is little Christ. That's what we look like. We look like Jesus on the streets. We love people. We're going to care fest we're going to the seven by seven not to earn heaven but to give other people the opportunity to go to heaven you know what we're doing we're literally saying reggie i want to spend all eternity with you when we go into those places we're saying i want to spend all eternity with you i'm going and i want you to spend eternity with me because that's what jesus did for us So we're going to the place where people are undesirable, unloved, and we're saying, hey, we love you so much, we want to spend a timeless amount of time with you. Because God loved us. We won't be able to help tell other, but but to tell other people about Jesus. And finally, if you look at this today, the way we live reveals what's in our buckets. So now it's just time for you to do a little life evaluation. Just take a little minute. You know? I heard some uh uh-ohs and amens. A couple ouches. You start looking at your life. You start really thinking, the way I live reveals what's in my bucket. So, So you start to think. I was hungry and you gave me some food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was, and, and you start looking at the life and the life is reflected in that. But it just was something that was normal and natural. But the hard truth is the way we, re, we live reveals what's in our bucket and it really, it really reveals what you believe. You see, the first fruit of belief is what? My men's Wednesday night, what is it? Repentance. It's to agree with God that we need Him. That there's something not right that has to be set right. We do not love and serve God because we have to. We love and serve God because we get to. You see, our life. What did Jesus, He spent three and a half years on this earth in ministry 33 and a half total but three and a half he spent in ministry and all he did was talk about 
The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. You need to read the Bible. It's really awesome. But if you read people, you know, people who want your money, they always say Jesus talked more about money than anything. They're lying because they know you're not going to read this. It's true. Jesus talked more about money than anything, knowing you ain't going to know. Be quoting first hesitations, and you'll be like, Yes, Lord. <laughs> Trying to read the book of Job, talking about, I need a job. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The truth of the matter is Jesus talked more about the afterlife, about heaven and hell more than anything. He talked about the kingdom of heaven. He kept it in the forefront of his mind and in his heart. Even to Pilate. When Pilate said, are you a king? He said, it is just like you said. But my kingdom isn't of this world. You don't even understand it. He talked to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, I talked of earthly things you can't wrap your heart around. If I talk of heavenly things, it's going to blow your mind. Everywhere he went, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. He promoted the kingdom of heaven. Does giving matter? Of course it matters. But your time, talent, treasure. But you know what matters more than giving your heart to God? You can't buy your way into heaven. You fill your bucket full of tithe checks. They all burn up in the end. It's about a relationship that causes me to say, what you've blessed me with, God, I want to give to somebody. I want to give my time. I want to give my talent. I want to give my treasure. I want to give my all to you, God. I want to fill my bucket with love. And I don't care what it costs me. That second group's bucket, man, it just overwhelms me because they just didn't see. They really honestly stood before God and said, when did we see you like this? And God's like, come on. How did you miss this? How did you miss this? We missed it because we were busy being self-absorbed. It's all about us, our church. All about our cushioned chairs, which we only have for a year and a half. You have eight years you didn't have them, I know. Give me a break. Right? We sat on metal chairs, Pastor. I know you did. I, pu- I put you there so you wouldn't sit long. You know what I'm saying? You do something. This chair hurts. Well, then serve. It won't hurt as much. It hurts a lot less when you're serving. Let me let you stretch them legs. We got some service. We got some opportunity for you. But when you think about it, man, the first fruit of belief is repentance. And guys, we need to empty our buckets of self-effort today. We need to totally rely on Jesus. Because listen, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But Jesus plus something equals nothing. The only reason we're going to heaven is because of Jesus. But the only way that people see that is the way you live. If, if you really believe in Jesus, you're not going to be able to keep your mouth shut because people are dying today. They're going to die without Jesus. We'll be at that revival as, as, as often as we can, no matter how tired or sweaty or hot it is. We'll be there. 
We'll hand out those, those things like we're handing out the, the, the cure to, to the world's ills and sicknesses. Because we are. You see, our buckets are filled with a strong, growing relationship with Jesus. What happens is we have a relationship with God and people. And the funny thing is that bucket only requires those two things. Love God, love people. Everything hangs on those two things. Everything. So the goal of today's message is really what's in your bucket? What's in your bucket? And here's the cool thing. Only, only you really know what's there. You guys can have a nice little cover on the top that says love. Or maybe your bucket's labeled love, but it's all empty inside. Because you know we like to carry things around and pretend we're something that we're not. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening here. Right? Remember last week when I told you if you take those invites, I'll be checking the trash cans. Because you like to look religious. I need five of those. Find them in the dumpster at McDonald's. More importantly, what I really want us to look at today, and this is me too, man. When, listen, whenever I, this is a, God is always dealing, He has to deal with my heart first. And sharing these messages is always difficult, but it challenges us to grow. More importantly, what's in your bucket that takes up space where Jesus belongs? What's in your bucket that takes up space where Jesus belongs? Where love belongs? Remember, you choose what stays in your bucket and you choose what goes some of us got to start over we got to throw that bucket out and here's the best news god is in the start over business he's always in the start over business whatever we put in that bucket as well you know what we choose we choose to carry it around all of our lives so if you carry hate around in your bucket it'll spread everywhere you go you carry anger Fear, whatever you carry, is going to get on everybody around you. So you and I, we've got a challenge today. Today, I hope that you fill your buckets with God's love. And I hope that when you fill that bucket with God's love, that it fills you so much to overflowing that you can't help. You can't help. That you look for more opportunities. And then when we come together and we go, we get a chance to change the world. One life at a time. We're a city within a city, reaching our city with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ one life at a time. And God will be there. He'll be there. He'll be there with you. I'll end with this last quick story just to tell you how much God cares and how much God loves. Last year, we went, we, we got one night. They invited us five, five nights before the revival started, and we put together a team, and we got out there on that night. And that night, as we did the altar calls, we called people forward to come into right relationship with Jesus. There was one lady, and she came forward, and she was... I mean, God just did a work in her. She was weeping. She was, you could see the Holy Spirit just transformed her. And she came up and she was being prayed for. And then others began to come. And then, man, then the ice broke and people just started coming. But she was the very first lady. 
and then she was over there off being uh, talked with and encouraged and ministered to. And then we had the drawing for the $250 Visa card we were drawing. And we began to call this number over and over again. And it wasn't, no one was responding. And finally we realized it was that lady. It was her. It was her. Pastor Murphy from Mount Zion looked at me and I looked at him. I said, bro, that's a Jesus thing. That's a Jesus thing. But she needed, not only did she need, she needed the spiritual breakthrough, but she also needed a financial miracle. And guess what? God did both. And those of us were there, we got to see that with our own eyes. But what if I said no? I only had five days notice. What if I said no? We can't do it. What if you said no? We're not going to go, Pastor, because it's not enough time. What if the musicians and singers said no? What if the people who prayed over her said no? What if the people who fed them said no? No miracle. No spiritual renewal. No blessing. I'm not going to say no. So we're going six nights this year. We've decided to be a sector leader. We're leading it. We're leading the charge for six nights. And Monday night is Koa night. And Saturday night is Koa night. And we've got, yes, we got our, our youth drama team going to do their dramas. We got our worship team. We got, I'm preaching on Monday night. Glenn Badonsky's preaching on Saturday night. We got our teams ready. We got people. We already got a, 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 a brother ready to drive the truck for us. So we're ready. Just don't say no. Because you get a chance to be a part of a miracle. That's God. But it all starts with the first no. Don't say no to Jesus this morning. You see, the Holy Spirit has you here for a reason. Don't say no. This is your chance. This is your chance to come in a right relationship with Jesus Christ and just agree with God. I need you, God. It's time to stop saying no. It's time to start saying yes. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It means you're being what, church? Perfect. Ah, did you hear that sound? We all know it. And that means that we know that we're going to have to forgive you and you're going to have to forgive us and we're going to have to love you and you're going to have to love us and together you're going to see our scars and all of our challenges, but we're going to be something together. There's no perfect people here, man. It's us together. We get a chance. But it starts with the first yes. And that yes is yes, Jesus. And you know what I love about new believers? You can't shut new believers up. You can't shut them up, no matter where they're at. Publix, love Jesus. There'll be a prayer aisle. You'll be like, prayer on aisle 2, 4, 6, and 12. Prayer on aisle 2, 4, 6, and 12. Everybody be walking through the store. They'll be like, what is going on here? I've been prayed for six times before I left. Because new believers, man, you can't silence them, man. And I hope they can't silence old believers either. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and thank you for this beautiful day and opportunity we have. God, we want to say yes to you today. And God, I pray for each and every person that's here that they'll say yes to a life-giving, vibrant relationship with you. And they will fill their bucket with love for you and love for people. 
If you're here today and you say, and you're saying, yes, I want to fill my bucket with love. I want to fill my bucket with Jesus. I want to empty my bucket of all those other things that have been taking up space. And today's the day I fill my life, my bucket, my love with Jesus. If that's you, will you just slip your hand up high in the air today? Yes, thank you. I see hands. Yes, I see those hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. You guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice, we're going to pray this prayer from our hearts to God's. Here's the best part. Prayer is simply talking to God. It's your heart to his. We just simply say, Jesus, I say yes. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I am forgiven because of you. Jesus, I'm going to heaven because of you. And Jesus, I'll go where you send me. I say yes. I am a new creation in you. I say yes in Jesus' name. And the church of Jesus Christ said, amen, amen. amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap today because he's an amazing, amazing God.